You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're continuing on our teaching on the Holy Spirit. How many of you know we need the Holy Spirit? How many of you know we need the Holy Spirit? Okay, good deal. How many of you know that we're sunk without Him? And we need to have a proper understanding of the Holy Spirit. We need to we need to walk in the light of what the Bible says concerning this, because with everything, man has traditions, man has different things and we'll take them different ways. And what we have to do is endeavor to stay true to Scripture and let that govern us and let that define how we walk in this. And I'll tell you what, it'd be more exciting, more fruitful than than anything that that man and his traditions try to come up with. Amen. Uh, something exciting last week at uh, the close of service. We talked last week about uh, your prayer language and the benefits of that. At the close of service last week, I gave an invitation that I dismissed. We had 135 people join us and be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive their prayer language last week. Isn't that an awesome thing? 135. And tonight at the close of service, if you'd like that to be you, it's just a gift. From the Lord, and what a benefit. Um, you just come up right after service, and, and uh, we'll be glad to pray with you, get information to you, uh, coach you a little bit. Not that you've got to be coached, but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes uh, a little encouragement helps us out. Now, regarding, uh, and I'm, we're going to move on into some new territory tonight, but regarding uh, our prayer language, we, re- we know from Romans chapter 8 that we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. And maybe you would admit that. I know some of you know exactly, but I, you know, we struggle sometimes. We don't know enough. Uh, We're limited. We can't articulate some things. Um, So the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. Then we also know from scripture that when we, when you pray in the spirit, when you speak in a tongue, and I'm talking about private and devotional, when you do that, it says that you speak to God and your understanding is unfruitful. Jesus also talked about the fact that those rivers and this, he spoke of the Holy spirit, John chapter seven, he said, they flow out of your belly or your innermost being scripture. A lot of times talks about things that happen in your spirit. And they, they also refer to your belly or your heart. And there's almost like a, a spiritual chamber. It wouldn't show up on x-rays or an MRI, but I believe that there's a, a place because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'm not making doctrine out of this. I'm not trying to be freaky. I'm not trying to be, sin, you know, you to be sense led. I don't want you to do that. But when I really tap in in praying in the spirit, I almost sense almost in a tangible way. That's like, it's coming out of here in a way that helps me a little bit when I'm, when you're going to take some time to pray in the spirit, that helps me a little bit to understand it's my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me praying. And my understanding is unfruitful, which means my, my mind is not understanding what's going on, so to speak. And so it's a good thing to just keep your mind out of the way and let the perfect will of God, giving thanks well, edifying yourself, praying out mysteries, all the other benefits of praying in the spirit to just flow out of your inner man, wherever it would be. Maybe you get a sensation in your knee. I don't know. You know, my point is that keep it out of here. And I heard 
Pastor Jack Hayford, who I dearly love and, and respect, that his daughter one time asked him, you know, when you're praying in the Spirit, sometimes it sounds like you're repeating some things over and over and over. And again, our understanding is unfruitful. And Pastor Jack had suggested to her this. He said, you know, sometimes when, with the understanding when you're praising and worshiping God, wouldn't you say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Sounds like I'm repeating things, doesn't it? I love you. And, and, and that could be part of it. A number of years ago, I heard an illustration that really helped me as well. And uh, a father and son walked into a candy store. And there was a sign behind the counter and it says, you must be able to count to 100 before you can have any candy. Well, the little boy is three years old. He cannot count to 100. He does not understand that whole concept. But his father, in the role of the Holy Spirit, said, son, repeat after me. One. And the little boy said, one. Two. Two. Are y'all following me on this? Three. And took him all the way through a hundred, which that little boy had no idea what that all meant. But all he had to do to qualify was to get to a hundred. And he didn't understand. But someone who did understand helped him and put those words in his mouth to help him get all the way through. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful illustration? Now, I want to move on tonight and talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And we have numerous listings in Scripture regarding the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody say gifts. And uh, we have several listings. Uh, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. And tonight we're going to look in Romans chapter 12 specifically and break some of this down. Everybody has some natural abilities. How many of you know that? And don't brag on yourself, okay? But how many of you know that you have some abilities you've kind of had your whole life? And some people are more athletic than others. Have you noticed that? (laughs) And some of you tonight, bless your heart, that's just not one of your abilities. Uh, Like I'm quite the dancer. I don't know. I just got it, you know. No, not really. Uh, But everybody has natural abilities. And I do believe that they're God-given. But then also there are spiritual uh, gifts that are given. Natural abilities are from birth, such as to be athletic or to be a communicator or artistic or an organizer. You know, people have kind of some knacks along those ways. And those things should be cultivated and developed. And ultimately, they're going to help somebody. So some people say, well, I've never had a lesson or whatever that would be. I think stewardship would demand get some lessons. Take whatever natural abilities you have and develop them and cultivate them as as much as you can so that you can be a greater blessing in the earth. All right. Then we have spiritual gifts. Also, you could say abilities or, or talents. These begin at new birth or we've used the phrase when you are spirit born. And these are a special grace. I believe this is what happens. They enhance your natural talents uh, or it's a wholly separate issue and it's wholly supernatural endowment. In 1 Timothy 4.14, Paul told Timothy to not neglect the gift that was in him that he received by the laying on of hands by the presbytery, which was actually his ordination. And I believe that that gift, and this would be in the Ephesians 4 listing, was to be a pastor. And that is one of the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And so you, 
you can have already some abilities that God gave you. How many of you know a man has nothing except God has given it to him? Okay. Some of you may have a knack to write or a knack to cook. Or you're just always caring for people. You've been that way your whole life. Well, then when you are born again and you bring all of that to the kingdom of God, just like we saw in the video with Michael Belk, he had this incredible talent for photography. And then he got to a point in his life, he said, I have to use this for God. I need to use this for God. And then develop it and hone it even, you know, in a greater measure to be a blessing that way. So we have some natural things that have come in, have come from God. And I believe then when we give our life to the Lord, he would anoint that and enhance that by his grace. But I also believe that there are some gifts that just wholly apart from that, it's a supernatural endowment that God would place something in you that you did not have before. Now, I, I do believe also... That you can track people. I think it's for the most part obvious. I think most bartenders are probably pastors or counselors. I mean, I don't know any personally, but you see what I'm saying? I think, I think nurses, there, there's hospice people. You know, there's a number of people, there's certain giftings there that they have. And they may never serve the Lord, but they have something that you could tell. If they were in the kingdom of God, I know how God would use them. There's some people out there rocking their heads out. Heads off, whatever. There there are people out there using uh, gifts and talents that God gave them. And filling arenas. And doing all kinds of other stuff or being on TV or movies or whatever. And, and really, they're probably a worship leader. See what, see what? I think it's obvious in most people, most of the giftings that, that would be um, yours. Now, our spiritual gifts, though, are helpful to others. But they're also to further the ministry. And they're also to edify the body. And so it's not a matter of just having a gift unto yourself. If you have a beautiful voice or a beautiful smile, that should not just be for home. That should not be just you with your toothpaste tube in the mirror. Why am I so good at that? I don't know. No, I haven't. But if you have a wonderful smile, you have a wonderful voice, you, you, that is not, listen, you are not your own. Amen. Those things are to be used for the furtherance of ministry. And it does not mean that you have to work for a church or work for a ministry. You're in the ministry. Right where, right, right where you are. And you've got to be faithful in that. Now, let me, let me go a little bit further here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul writes, he said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. It literally means to be misinformed or uninformed. And so Paul is having to come and actually correct the Corinthians to, because they were, they were taking some of the spiritual gifts. Now, some people say you should not teach on the spiritual gifts. You should just let, let it fly. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says, and that's where we get in trouble a lot of times, is because then you got you got all kinds of we have to stay with a standard, and the scripture says that we instruct on these things. Do you know what instruct means? It actually means to bring a structure to to truth. Instruct. 
And the root of that also, you know, has to do with to bring some soundness. And God's not the author of confusion. Let everything be done decently in order. And he said, now, I do not want you to be misinformed or uninformed concerning spiritual gifts. Then, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 6, it says there are diversities of gifts or, or different gifts, but the same spirit. So the gifts are given by the spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So I want you to see this, that the spirit, the Lord or Jesus and the, and the father God are all involved in the gifts that he would bring. Why does he want to do it? Let me give you the overview real quick to edify the body and to glorify God. To edify the body and to glorify God. What does edify mean? It's to build up. It's to strengthen. It's, it's to help to rise up. And so that's what the gifts are for. And also then to glorify God. And those are our two tests on that. Now, part of your life satisfaction and joy in life is in discovering what and how the Holy Spirit has gifted you uh, with and to do. It's to know that... And let me just say this in a, as humbly as I know how to say it. I am thrilled day in and day out because I know that I'm in my calling. And I, and I know that I'm getting to, to do directly what God has. And I'm so thankful for this that he has, he has allowed me and then given me some gifts to do it. Now, I want to caution you. <clears throat> we'll get to this two more times in this message too. The gifts are never a source of pride. And I know a lot of people in ministry and some of them I don't hang out with anymore. Because a lot of times they want to talk about how gifted they are. And you know what? Honor needs to come from the gift to the gift giver. Okay. So it's never a, a matter of, do you know how gifted I am? You know, never is, is that the basis of any kind of conversation that should be in our lives. But part of your life satisfaction, part of the joy that you will have in life is to discover and develop in what God has gifted you and allowed you to do. And what that does, it helps you to function in the body and it also helps the body to function. When everyone has, how many of you know that we're part of a body? The body of Christ. And then a local church is also a picture also of that body. And so it helps, excuse me, it helps the body to function. That every part does its part helps the body to function. You know, if, if you've ever, you know, you're so loaded up with carrying something, you go, could you lend me a hand? You know, and it's, it's, it's all of us doing our part that helps uh, the body to function and then you to function. Now, let's go over a couple of things here and then I'm, we're going to get into a list of about seven of these tonight. Every Christian, say that's me. Every Christian has at least one gift. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have a gift. <laughs> and you probably have even more. First Peter chapter four, verse 10. As each one say, that's me. As each one has received a gift. What do you do? Go tell everybody how cool you are. No. <laughs> Minister it. Right. 
to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I like it in the New Living Translation. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And then also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Say, that's me. Each one for the profit of all. In the New Living, again, it says a spiritual gift gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So why does he gift us? To help each other. To help each other, to edify one another. And also we have other scripture on this. To glorify God. It is never about how gifted somebody is and look what they've done. Everything should always point back to the Lord. You know, I could have easily tonight lined you all up and laid hands on you and prayed the prayer that that we did. But you know what? I had the Lord just kind of constrain me tonight. And that was halfway in my heart this afternoon. And as I kind of prayed about it, I, I really felt the Lord say, have them. Have them do it. Because you know what? God's trying to do a new thing. If you'll let him do it, that everything does not come from the platform. Direction can come, instruction can come, order can come. But you know what? If you have to wait for one or two hours a week and hope that some man lays his hands on you, you're the body of Christ and these signs follow believers. Are y'all with me? Gone is the day of the big shot. The celebrity TV, whatever believer. Forget that. Almost a garbage. Not everything out there is garbage. I'll tell you what, it, a lot of that has just, has just gone sour and gone, gone to seed. And it throws people off. And it minimizes what God wants to do in you and through you and in your home. Yeah. If your child's burning fever, you don't have to call the prayer tower. You can go lay hands on them. It's okay to call a prayer tower. I don't know if they still have one. But you can lay hands on folks. Do you, do you understand? Yes. Now let me go a little further. I want to stay on track with this. But you have gifts and these gifts are so that we can help one another so we can edify the body and so we can bring glory to God. Can I get an amen out of that? Now, God does not uh, give the same gifts to everyone. So the person sitting next to you probably has different gifts than you. And if we had a gift convention and we were able to, all right, everybody who has gift one, three and seven over here and we set you together guess what even having the same gifts the manifestation of that is going to be a little different for each one how many of you know every pastor is a little bit different you know there's some common things and and scripture points to some things that had better be common you know in them but i mean all the way through there every gift we don't all have the same gifts and when we do have the same gifts they're they're not going to be exactly they're not going to operate exactly the same. Amen. Could I have you all stand up with your shirts real quick here? It says the Holy Spirit, you can do it. He will help. It's kind of a playoff on Home Depot. Turn around. Let everybody see a model of these things here tonight. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that cool? Y'all, y'all get the T-shirt award tonight. All right. Good deal. What do we have for our winners, Pastor Mike? I don't know. 
All right, let's keep going. Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read three verses for you in three different translations. And then we're briefly going to go through the seven gifts that are lift, listed here in Romans chapter 12. Now, hang on real quick, uh, real, real tight to all this. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. It'll be on the screen or you can follow along. Having then gifts. Everybody say gifts. Differing, and that's the point I just made, according to the grace that is given to us, let us do what with the gifts? Use them. If prophecy as a gift, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, those are seven gifts. They're all very, very important. I want to read it to in the Amplified Bible. Follow along with this. Having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us. Let us what? Use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching, he who exhorts or encourages to his exhortation, he who contributes, let him do it in simplicity and liberality. He who gives aid and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind, and he who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and and joyful eagerness. Let me read it to you in the message Bible. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Now, let's go through these just real quick. I'm just going to give you some brief uh, summary definition for, for each of these. And then next week, of course, we're doing Journeys with the Messiah, multimedia thing that is really going to bless you. And then the following weeks, we're going to look at the other list. Of these gifts, we're going to categorize them, and then we're, we're going to start to see how all of this works together. It is such an incredible thing. It will blow your mind, it will bless your life, and it's going to bless people through you. Prophecy. Prophecy is not like um, you read on, uh, what's that thing called? National Enquirer. <laughs> Usually about, you know, New Year's, they've got the prophecies for the year. How do I know this? Because I go to the grocery store. I usually comment with the cashier. It's like, oh, I didn't know Brad and Angelina were having problems. You know, you can, you can learn so much right there. Keeps you in prayer. Well, they have these prophecies. A lot of people, their concept of prophecy is to foretell. It's to predict the future, to know the future. Now, a lot of the prophecy of Old Testament is to foretell. And God still can do that because part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to tell you things to come. But this prophecy here mostly has to do with being able to speak an inspired message. It is a fourth 
telling or a telling forth, not foretelling ahead of time, but a telling forth of God's will or God's truths. And sometimes it is sudden. Now, some people have asked before, do you have prophecy in the church? Every service. Every service. Now, we're going to look at later at another use of prophecy, which would be where someone would do this in a, in a different setting that has a little different connotation where someone in a service would have a word. And it's an inspired word from God. But it also happens, and you need to know this, it happens virtually every message. And it's suddenly, and, and I should get a little flag, a little prophecy flag while, it, while it's going on. Really, I, I just use, I, I should just, it's going on right now, you know, <laughs> to let you know. Because it, I spend a lot of time, I'm, I'm, I probably overdo it, but I have a nightmare that I underdo it. And that is that I'm not prepared and I haven't sought God and I haven't studied. So, buddy, I go way overboard because I am not going to show up unprepared. Okay. And I want to rightly divide the word. And I just don't want to go on something because we always thought that or whatever. I read it in the book. I mean, I just feel I have an obligation. I have to do that. If you're the sheep and you're getting fed, I can't just go, well, here's some stuff. Eat it. I want to go through it. I want to make sure there's not some poisonous frog. Or something that's going to mess you up, okay? Um, and so I go through it like that. So I know, I can vividly, I can vividly tell, I know, and I'm prepared, and, and I go over it and over it. And then, when, and then I pray, and the last thing I say before I leave my office is this. Holy Spirit, you're on. I've done that for, I've done that for 21 years. Holy Spirit, you're on. And then I believe that he's with me all week as I'm preparing and working on these things. But all of a sudden... All of a sudden, this thought or something will just come out of my mouth. And it's usually, I don't even need to do this. Usually it's the best thing that gets said. Okay, I just want to tell you. And I believe God is helping me in the preparation. I truly do. But then all of a sudden, sometimes all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And it's like we had to build a dock out to a certain point so God could get us to a place where we could catch that big fish. And it just, it happens. And sometimes it will happen with you, with a person you're talking to, or maybe you're in a prayer group together or whatever, and God will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you an inspired message. And sometimes it's just a little encapsulated truth, and it's like, whoop, there it is. And you know what I do a lot of times after first service on Sunday morning? I go to the door and I greet people and all that, and sometimes I'm halfway distracted with part of my brain because I cannot wait to get back to my office to write that down. So I've got it again for second service. That's just a brief on that. Secondly is serving. Everybody say serving. It's also called ministry. It comes from the same word as deacon. Now, in some churches, their, their role of government, they, deacons run things. That is not scriptural at all. Deacons serve. When you came tonight, deacons helped you to park your car. Deacons helped you to find your seat. Deacons are taking care of your children, teaching children. Deacons are, are running sound and so forth. It's people that serve and help. That's ministry. And that's, that's accurately what, what Scripture teaches concerning this. And it is this. It's practical serving. It's recognizing and meeting needs. Um, I don't know if Pam Thomas is in here, but Pam, to me, if you, Pam, are you in here? I don't want to embarrass you. She's serving somewhere. I've told Pam, Pam's been with us a long time. She has the gift of serving. She is super anointed for serving. 
And she serves and serves and serves and serves and serves. And I've told her, I do not want to do a service without you in the building. Now, we do let her go on vacation. You know, but she has the gift of serving. And she just can't do enough. Because that's just in her. She's anointed to do that. And she has learned also that the joy is in serving. Now, you should never say, well, it's just not my gift to serve. Everybody is to serve because our master served and he called all of us to do that. But I believe that also some people have the gift to do that. Also then teaching. Teaching is the ability to communicate and clarify truth. It's to bring instruction. It's to bring understanding. And so it's important here that you understand teaching is vital to the body of Christ. I believe that's one of the gifts that God has given me. And I'm, I say that humbly. You know, I'm, I'm thankful, but it's to help bring some understanding, to give some clarity. And that appeals to the mind so that we have something to go with, which is the next thing, encouragement. And encouragement appeals to the will. Encouragement is also called exhortation. It's the ability to comfort and inspire, to, to stimulate the faith and courage of somebody else. It's also to give counsel to someone. So I know a number of people that are just encouragers. You know, I have some friends that are encouragers and uh, I love it when they call me and on occasion I have to call them and, and, and I won't tell them that I'm needing encouragement. It's just, I want to get near that gift because they are able to somehow encourage you. And if you have that gift, I'll tell you what, you better use it. And especially in these days, how many of you know that some people have the gift of discouragement? <laughs> And they use it. Some of them are even on TV and stuff. But what we need is we need more encouragement. And God has gifted and anointed people to do that. Also giving. Some people are anointed and and receive the gift to give and to share. They have the ability to earn and a heart to distribute. And there's a, a word that's been used called paymasters. There's some people that fully understand that uh, I'm I'm aware of an individual. He actually attends uh, Pastor Bill Hybels church in uh, in uh, Willow Creek Church up in the Chicago area. And he runs an absolute huge corporation. Ice cream truck. (laughs) Runs a huge corporation. And he understands this. He said, we're not just uh, earning money to develop some huge hedge fund and pay big dividends, all that stuff. He said, we are about funding the kingdom of God. And see, if, if all we think about is earning money is to pay our bills and buy some stuff and go somewhere, we're losing, we're losing sight of the whole big picture. But I believe also that there are some people that God gifts, not only so they can earn, but also so that they can give. And then also leadership. It's the ability to administrate, to organize, to coordinate efforts. How many of you would admit that you're not that? You know, and some people are just not organized and they can't get a group together. I've, I've been in some settings before. I feel like I feel like I have some of this. I've been in some settings before and I can't wait to just take over. You know, it's like there's six or seven of us around. And it's like nobody's taking charge or somebody who is taking charge. Actually, uh, uh, oh, it's been a couple of years ago. I did a wedding out of town at another church. There's some people I'd known for a while and it was absolute mayhem. 
And they had two wedding coordinators and then they had mom and daughter and they had all this kind of stuff. And it was absolute mayhem. And I'm just like the guest minister to do you know, part of the thing. And then it had gone on and on and on and on. This is the rehearsal. Okay. It should be about their second anniversary and we're still in the rehearsal. Okay. And I'm like... And then finally I stepped over to the bride because she's the one I knew. And I said, would you mind? Because she was about to bust into tears. I said, would you mind? Can you help me somehow? Or can I help you? Can I like do some things? She goes, would you please? And I tell you what, we got that thing done in about 15 minutes. You know, what they do, they just going on and on. Nobody could decide anything. People wandered around everywhere. And, 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 you know, we've got to have some order in life. Can you imagine our army if we had no order, nobody, or or what about building a house or something? Everybody just show up. We're going to do something. (laughs) Just put it over there. You know what? How many of you know that'd be a mess? And so God gifts some people in that way. And then here's an awesome one. Mercy It's the ability to reach out with active compassion and comfort other people. And Notice it said that he who shows mercy should show mercy with cheerfulness, which means this. Sometimes the people that you've got to show mercy to, as the message Bible kind of brought out, it can weigh on you. And so you've got to have cheerfulness so that sorrow and depression do not get on you. Because when you show mercy to somebody, it's usually because something's messed up. And you're showing some mercy to, to help them and give them a hand up and, and to encourage them in those ways. Active compassion and comfort to a situation that's messed up. And so in that, you've got to keep cheerfulness along with that. Now, again, next couple of weeks, we're going to look in 1 Corinthians 12 at the manifestations of the Spirit. And Ephesians chapter 4, the gifts of Christ. And we're going to put all that together. Now, real quick, y'all give me about three minutes. You wouldn't tell me anything. You need to seek to discover. Everybody say discover. Discover. Understand. Understand. And develop what your gifts are. You need to seek to discover, to understand, and to develop. That's called stewardship. I read to you several verses that said the reason you have them is to use them. And the more that you discover... Understand and develop the more useful you're going to be. And I'm going to tell you what else is going to happen. Great joy and satisfaction are going to increase in your life when you're using what God has gifted you to do. Real quick, let me give you some ways that you can discover, understand, and develop. First of all, pray. Everybody say pray. Ask the gift giver, okay? Ask him. Just honestly say, Lord, what's my gift? Okay, that's one way to do it, is to pray. Second of all, and this is a little instruction here, do not covet the gift of another. Because when you do, then you get into this. Confusion, because you'll try to be what you're not by being a a copycat. Don't try to be. I've watched ministers for years try to copy somebody else. No, you've got to be you. You've got to be you. So don't covet the gift of another. Here's a, here's a question that, that will help you. What do you enjoy? What do you enjoy? That's usually a, a key. You know, if you hate working with children, then you probably don't have that gift. 
But if there's some things you love, like, like some people just love, you know, missions. They love travel. They love learning. They see and put that all together. Did you know that Bear Grylls, Man versus Wild, did you know he's a sold out believer? Did you know that? And he, he just loves, he loves being outdoors and things like that. I think the guy should be a missionary. I think he should not just do his TV show, but he, could, he should go find some people groups that are hard to get to. You know, and so that would be a sign as I watch him, I think, man, plus if I was ever lost anywhere, I'd want him with me. (laughs) Here's another question. How has God maybe used you before and you felt good? You felt fulfilled. Have you ever written something maybe? And and don't just limit this to the, the exact here teaching, leading, whatever. There's variations on all of these things. There's different manifestations of how this would happen. Maybe, do do you feel good when you write something? Or do you maybe feel good when you go and you help somebody, you stop and do something or whatever? What what have you done that kind of makes you feel good? Here's another one. What gifts intrigue you or interest you? Here's another one. Have others commented on how you might be gifted? Or are you surrounded with people who say, you have no gifts? You, You need need to get some new friends. There are also, and we'll look at this in a, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to try to find some of these that would be free. You need to take a spiritual gift inventory. And there are several ways that you, that uh, we'll give you at least some links to it and maybe be able to print out some things too, that you can kind of a questionnaire kind of thing. And that will help you to kind of identify because it's important that you discover, understand and develop in these things. And then just listen to this. Never let a gift be a source of envy or pride in Romans chapter 12, verse three through five, it says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. It goes on to say that we've been given gifts, every one of us, and we are to use those so that we can be a help to one another and ultimately to the body of Christ. Now, I want to close tonight by reading again uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. I'm going to read it in the message, Terry. Um, we'll read it in the message again. And before we, before we do that, understand this, every one of you say, that's me. Every one of you have at least one gift that the Holy spirit has put in you. Now he's given you a lot of ability. He's given you a lot of responsibility, but there's some things that, that he and the distribution of gifts has said, you know, it's almost like this. Hey, I want you to be quarterback. I want, I want you to be our kicker. I want you to do this. I want you to be the backup quarterback. I want to do this. And he's doing this to get his team all together. And I want you to be the water boy. You know, whatever it would be, we all got to do it. And listen, nobody is greater or lesser. He gave gifts to the body. Don't let anybody think more highly of themselves than they ought to think. God's given everybody the measure of faith. God has given gifts to people. Now, what do we do? I've got to discover what it is. In the name of stewardship, I've got to discover what it is, come to understand it more, and then develop in it so that the body can be built up and so God can be glorified through your life. Amen. Let me read this in the message and then we'll close tonight. It said, let's go, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves to with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. 
If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with a disadvantage, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Now, these are just some of the gifts, just some of the gifts. We're going to look at the two other listings. You can read about them in Ephesians chapter 4 and also 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in two weeks, we're going to start looking at those. And, um, you know, he's given gifts so that they would be used. And, and don't get tired of hearing this so that we could edify the body so we could help one another. And so that he would be glorified. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?